and I'm going back to your example of, hey, what's the point? You know, what's the point of uh, you already know fake news, or you already know about you know your your cousin's you know stripper wife, whatever. Yeah. yeah. What's the point of revisiting that, or you don't have to think about it again? Or looking looking for more and more dirt. It's like at a certain point, you're like, I'm like, dude. Talk, I'm I'm sorry. I, I wanted to talk about sync, but I don't even give a fuck right now. Because like I, I had a, you know, my my folks were visiting uh, before I moved in here for a week, and I was having dinner with my aunt. You know, and a full on breakdown. My parents are, you know, avid Trump supporters, and so I uh, I you know keep keep cool for the most part. But then I just fucking was, came out with it because I was like, oh fuck it, and I just made, gave a quick rant about the the IRS. So I was like, you know, the whole thing with Trump with his tax returns, I was like, because it came up with the collusion thing. When you're talking about collusion, I'm like, dude, a fucking red herring to the max. You, all, you know that, that Russia is going to try and interfere with the elections. Even if you prove that, you don't, you, the, I'm sure it was his legal team that told him to use the word collusion because you can't prove that. All he has to do is turn a blind eye. That was the worst thing to try and get him on. If you really wanted to get him, you'd just go after the tax returns because there you'd find Deutsche Bank, offshore accounts. Russian oligarchs giving loans when he was broke. He wrote the, he, it's all evidenced in the fucking the book that he had ghostwritten. It's called like My Comeback or something like that. There's two books from him. There's the Art of the Deal, and then there's a book about him him coming back from being being you know go, going down. He's like, no, I made it. And I'm like, dude, his but two of his kids say they got their money from fucking the Russians. It's he got you know he he wasn't getting loans here. No one gave him a loan. You know, so I went off on this whole thing. And I was like, oh, the um, the chief of the IRS has no experience with the IRS other than fighting them in court on behalf of billionaires. He wrote an op-ed piece about why Trump shouldn't turn over his tax returns. He was handpicked. The point, he's got millions of dollars in Trump properties on Hawaii. No one ever fucking talks about him. I'm like, dude, it's not like fucking Trump has his, his tax returns in a fucking vault somewhere, you know, that he's just like, I'm not going to turn these over. It's like, no, it's up to the IRS. But he's got that fuck. So I went, I went off on the whole thing. My dad couldn't even, he was like, just furious, you know, and uh, he, you know, they they don't want to go there. But I'm like, hey, you know what? You're you're saying you support somebody, all this stuff, but they don't look at the internet. They just have Fox News, and so I'm like, I'm trying to drop that on them, and they just think it's out that preposterous, outrageous supposition. I'm like, no, I fucking looked into, it. you know, it's a, I don't know, I, but yeah, it was a it was a classic kind of, you know. Uh, <laughs> like the Thanksgiving meltdown, you know, it's sitting at the table eating, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, the tiger's out of the cage. Yeah, I mean, I I went, so I was visited my family, and they're not they're not Trump supporters, but um, oh God, I was beginning of March. I went, I was in New York for my mom's birthday, and. I don't remember. I think like my sister-in-law or my mom. Somebody says something about like Buttigieg. I'm like, well, he seems pretty. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, something, right. something, you know like, I'm like, don't you be voting for some fucking like corrupt ass, you know, you you have sealed documents of what work you did for these shady military corporations. And this is your fucking liberal hope guy. Fuck right. You. Right. Yeah. I don't I don't get it with my folks because they're like. They're technically property rich, but they're not rich, like, the, as far as money goes. Like, they need to fucking get groceries. Like, they're, you know, it's, 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 it doesn't translate always the same way. It's one of those things when people are saying, oh, I don't want to pay rent. And I'm like, well, if your landlords can't pay the mortgage and you're not paying rent, then uh, everyone's screwed. And it's basically like the end of, of Metropolis, you know. 
um, I'm like, you're going to destroy yourselves? Like, you know, <laughs> everyone's, you guys are in it together, and you got people above you screwing you both over. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, so I offered my, you know, I rent my property, and I offered them half rent. I'm like, right. Good for you. I was like, look, I was like, I don't think, I was like, honestly, I don't think I should be paying anything because, like, ha- I don't understand if, if the law says it's illegal for me to go to work, mm-hmm. it's illegal for me to leave my house. Mm-hmm. I, have to, I have to stay in this property for two months and I can't leave to go make money at my job. How are you going to charge me for the property that I'm unable to leave? How are you going to charge for the mortgage for people? No, no, precisely. For, precisely. For people, yeah. 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 But just to say, so I'm like, I think that's ridiculous, but obviously I understand the chain as you do. I'm like, look, I'm not making my income. It's illegal for me to make my income right now, but I am getting some unemployment, so like that. Hey, I'll give you fucking half rent. You make mm-hmm. something. You're making less than you want. I'm making less than I want, but we're. This is the situation. But let's so, meet. Yeah. Let's meet in the middle. So they said they're cool with that, probably. Yeah. Um, they said they're cool with it for now. They're 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 still sort of deliberating, but they they took that as a temporary answer. Right, right. Um, yeah. And I'm sure there's plenty of people who didn't pay them, so they're taking what they can get. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of my point of like, I don't have the money to give you full, but let's meet in the fucking middle. Um. Yeah. Um. Back back that up though. So. It says about your parents, what we were saying, okay. Oh, right, so this idea of taking a stance of saying you know, if you're saying you know what it is, what's happening. And that's really what I want to say is, like, I just want to see more either agnosticism of, like, people admitting they don't know, or if you want to say, hey, I've been studying conspiracies for 10 years and I have a pretty damn good idea— then take the take the 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 surefire things you know. So like you know, let's say I'm I'm making these videos about going back. I might have a list of like thirty pieces of information, and then I'm going to go and double, triple, quadruple check them. And if I have five things that I can really stand on, a great foundation of information, that's what I'm going to present. So my point is like, don't be so quick to share the meme. On Facebook that you haven't fact checked, but if there's something you actually have done the research for, mm-hmm. and you you know that's again if this if the idea is to wake people up or whatever your whatever your goal is, use the stuff that you actually can really stand on because when you start sharing things as you know, and those things are easily disproven, like the Oh look, they killed this guy twice. You know, they say he's a a professor. It's like, what are you arguing about? What are you arguing about? You're wrong. Just pull the fucking meme down. Pull the meme down and say, sorry, I was wrong on that one. Don't argue. Right. Stick Uh. with the stick with the things that are. What I'm saying is like, there's we're so. 
I don't know. I just I I'm yeah. a stickler. I'm trying trying to be a stickler for accuracy. Right. The 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 crazy part is is that you know it's it's about which which side you're coming in something from. Like so, basically, you can uh, you have you have the the level where you can find the under uh, like you know how if you if you look at cycles in nature like in pi they're like the cycling of of um, of uh, disease epidemics, the rise and fall of the Nile, um, you know, the uh, caribou populations, you know, uh, that you can you can find these patterns everywhere in nature. And so there's certain, like, it's a, it's a matter of what comes first, you know, in the way that things play out. So, like, it's a, it's a difficulty because you can, you can, I'm more, so my, I guess what I'm getting at is my, my interest is more in the what happened or what is happening more than in the why it's happening or how it's happening. And it's that syn- that classic syntax issue, you know? So it's like, uh, I, I, so much of what I see when it comes to, um, not just Facebook, because Facebook is just a platform to share from other places. But when I see articles and things where it's just really plain, even in the headline, what the narrative is, even if even if it's a true narrative, it's still mm-hmm. a narrative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in the narrative. It's like a I have a reflex to the to to that where it's like, okay, I see what you're doing. Even if it's even if it's something I fucking agree with, I'm sensitive to that. It's the same way that like you know, like if you're in a relationship, it's really easy to see the um, the negative side of a relationship as dysfunctional usually. Uh, but it's hard to see how the positive side is dysfunctional. So, like, if you're relating to an image or a representation of somebody in the first place, you know, like, you'll get into an argument, you'll realize you're shouting at your mother or you're shouting at your teacher from third grade or something, you know. It's like what you're reacting to, because we have, you know, uh, uh, like, muscle memory in our emotions, you know. And so you'll be relating to something that's not actually them. And so, but when you're doing that and it's super sweet and super lovey-dovey or whatever... It's like this doesn't seem like a problem. And then when it flips into its opposite, it's still really the same thing. It's like the nature of attraction and aversion being united, you know. And so I think that's kind of a lot of what's going on. It's like when people when people have certain um, they're like, well, my stock is doing well, so the economy must be doing great. Or even just looking at the stock market and saying, well, as long as the stock market's doing great, then that's how the economy is and it's like well you know you, you it, it's just a it's a self-centeredness and a and a it's like when people use each other for you know a, 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 a strong egoic need for a more secure sense of self they're not you know they're not really connecting with that person you know but we do this we do the same thing that we do with people um with all kinds of stuff you know where it's like uh I look at politicians and it's like that tool line where it's like, if consequences dictate my course of action, then it's only wrong if I get caught. And like we see that going on and we don't even seem to care. People don't really even care. I mean, I'm not an anarchist. Uh, In fact, I'm like, I'm a capitalist in the sense that what ideally what I, what I would have no, what I would have no problem seeing, even though I'm like super pro small businesses and it's all I want to work for. I'm like, well, you know, if this this libertarian idea where you're like, well, if the business uh, 
uh, is doing really well, incredibly well, and the people running it are billionaires, I'm like, that's cool, you know, just as long as should something happen with the business, they fucking pay for it out of the money that they've accumulated. <laughs> right. They assume that they keep saying they assume the risk. So I'm actually, like, assume the risk. yeah, so okay. it's, just, it's just corporate socialism. Right. And Can I'm you like, hold, you this... hold that thought. Can you hold that thought for just two, two, two minutes here? I'm sorry. Sure. Yeah. Just hold, hold on one second. Sorry, I know you were in the middle of a sort of you're on a, 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 a train there, and I didn't. Oh, mean right. to... No, I, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just pointing out the um, ridiculousness. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, it's like again, it's like all the things, the people who were arguing to say, "Oh, fuck socialism," are the ones who want. You know their businesses bailed out or whatever. I, I get it. Um, you know why? Why are we in such a rush to reopen? Get people off fucking unemployment. Get people. It's like we, we God forbid, we fucking help people who are are out of work in this. We have enough money to bail out every airline, <laughs> fucking cruise cruise ships that aren't even fucking American companies. We yeah, because that's them. the thing. I'm like, I'm like, if you guys have so much fucking money. Put it into your fucking business. Jesus Christ. Yeah. What's the point of having that money if you're not going to feed it back when you when it's needed? I mean, That's you what... see fucking Jeff Bezos. So here's the thing. I mean, we're coming up on fucking May Day. You know, this weekend, there's right, a... Right. No, I was going to send you a message about that before we ended up having this conversation. I was, I was, gonna, I was actually going to ask you if you had any predictions, but yeah. Well, okay, <laughs> so let's, let's have that... Come, I want to have a real quick, very practical... Um, like grounded r- reality conversation is to say, you know, I hope if if I release this as a video, this you know, if I can get this out quickly, and it's if you were considering ordering from Amazon or Target, any big but Walmart, um, Whole Foods, you know, they are trying to have a boycott this weekend. Don't give them any more of your fucking money, Jeff Bezos. You know, at the beginning of this, who who has made twenty four more billion dollars since coronavirus started? When it was like, you know, hey, we could do like a Kickstarter or some <laughs> shit to raise, throw in some extra money to help pay for my employees. Fuck you! What the fuck? Yeah, see, that's, you see what I'm talking? I'm like, that's so weird. And I, so, like, I'm, even from like the capitalists, like, right. I'm like, I'm like, isn't that the point? Like, isn't this the whole? explanation for why we we're supposed to be okay with having it that way is that they can take care of the business and ensure that it really is too big to fail but if but if they're not going to pay out themselves then what the fuck are we give what are the what what then yeah that's interesting yeah that's like some royalty shit so just to say you know don't give them any money particularly this week um, have you off. have you noticed? Have I told you, or you have noticed that? Here, look up the fucking Matrix red pill, blue pill. Do you want his sunglasses? Yeah, we've talked about this. Yeah, yeah, we've talked. About this. We've talked. We've talked about that. There's a flip thing. Uh huh. Yeah. So you've caught that. You've seen that. You know, I know what I'm exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, that's significant. When, sure. When you're when yeah. So like basically when some when something's put in front of you and you're like here choose, mm-hmm. which direction you want to go, 
and then you're you're reaching out and in the reflection something completely different is happening well i also i, I just i think part of that conversation is probably what i said to you last time but this is my going to continually be my reaction to your bringing this up is to say you can't mention that without mentioning total recall because in total recall he's given the red pill is the is basically the matrix blue pill they're like it listen you you you're in you're in an illusion and you've woken up blah 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 but if you want to like you know basically just live in the fantasy land an untrue fantasy take this red pill right um so like when people keep using this phrase red pilled red pill red, red pill and then when he reaches for the red pill with his right hand in the reflection and he's reaching for with his left in the other one they cut that so perfectly that can't just happen no they no. did that and so basically every time you're saying fucking red pill you're actually dealing with a with a total paradox of that so cuz like what red pill has come to mean and i find it fascinating that like you know you have that that alternative media was was overtly hijacked by the by the red mhm yeah and, then and that, even and even that so red we we are using red in the to mean republican to mean fascist to mean trump to mean this very like right wing thing but when you hear those people talk they're like red china the communists the they're reds, the red they're the, the communists red. and so the yeah and so the reds right but they're the reds right all afraid of communism mm-hmm. and afraid of socialism and meanwhile it's socialism that the people who are who are supposed to be the socialists have been opposing this whole time by getting pissed off at the corporate socialism uh, yeah i mean as i'm saying this idea this idea of like hey the thing you're reaching for isn't necessarily even the thing you're actually getting handed is really important and th- i think that this is where what maybe what i was trying to get at earlier there's there's definitely overlap of, in all this of like um yeah there's 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 really a lot to unpack from that yeah hmm. <clears throat> i think it it comes down to the keter has two right sides mm. and the way that that translates into the lower worlds and then that gets into the significance of the Masonic G when you're when you're looking at from uh, Bina to Chesed and there's no diagonal pathway and those are dimensions and you have this vertical pathway. So in other words, there's no mediator. There's a direct line. And we relate to like church and state have been one. They have they, we, they were originally one. They never really stopped being one. And they had to kind of pretend otherwise, you know. Our forefathers were sinkheads to the max. <laughs> they didn't call it that, but all it takes is looking at how Freemasonry works with ideas where they're they're taking from various philosophies and then making extrapolations based upon their correspondences. You know, how this corresponds to this, what can we extrapolate? How are they the same? How are they different? You know, all over the place. The total freedom. You know, and so and then that is interesting, too, because you can kind of get a sense of how they would relate to freedom. No, uh, if you were to go to, you know, certain people 
who who are all about the Constitution and show them different ideas from Thomas Paine, uh, who's basically the, uh, you know, the primary inspiration for the Constitution as far as men go, as far as men with certain ideas, you know. And so I got a I got a friend who's super into Thomas Paine. He's read everything he's wrote, written. And uh, he was telling me this concept uh, where basically one of the proposals of Thomas Paine, of many proposals, uh, was this idea about inheritance, where when you die, your inheritance wouldn't go to your children, but it would go, uh, it would get redistributed evenly throughout society. So that basically everybody, as they're working, it's still capitalism because they're gaining capital, but it's for them in their lifetime. And then whatever they earn at the end, it being distributed gives everyone. So basically people are born into that would produce like millions. Like you just be born into money and then you can do with that as you want. Do what thou wilt. Do what thou wilt with that money. And I'm like. If you tell that to certain people, they're gonna that, that's gonna sound super communist. They're like, you know, and that it gets distributed evenly throughout society. People didn't earn the money, but they just get it. We're earning the money that we're making after that. You live, a, you know, that you're gonna be taken care of to some degree, to a higher degree, much higher degree. That's fascinating. I'm like, that came from fucking Thomas Paine as one idea of what society could, because everything was such an open book of possibilities, you know, what you wanted to do. Well, this, this, uh, reminds me of, um, so there's the idea that like, even given when you die and it going to your next of kin or anything like that, there's this idea that within three generations or so whatever power this person could amass then they die and they give it to their child then that person has some power but maybe they didn't have to work as hard or maybe whatever and they didn't so they don't know how to manage it quite the same and then it goes down the line down the line and basically the idea is that within a few generations it's redistributed anyway right because the you know, the David Rockefeller's great great grandchild has no idea how to fucking dominate the world. He's <laughs> spoiled spoiled little kid who just, yeah. you know, got woke up with some millions of dollars and he's gonna spend it on hookers and blow, and then suddenly, boom, that money gets redistributed in the world and that, that dynasty basically dies off. And it was this idea that like any dynasty of families is has a shorter lifespan that even even if it expands past that one person it's still not going to last just for the unforeseeable future the distinction now is with corporations it's so funny because this idea of like corporations as people right but then not in the ways of like they can't be executed they can't be you know right uh, right like you can't um i want to see a corporation get you know pulled over by a, a racist cop at 3 a.m., that's not happening to a corporation. Right. But also the same thing with finances where there's no – that corporation doesn't die off in the same way. 
um, and this idea of that money getting redistributed. You know, you can mismanage a corporation, but there's you just the the, the laws around that. Um, I've heard many comparisons to that idea where we've changed the literally what you where you're getting out of this that we've changed the way that that one one person or one quote unquote person could amass this amount of wealth and make this huge pile, but that there needs to be a wind that comes along and blows the pile scatters the pile back into the all well four directions because that's the only that's the that's how nature works that is the circle of life um right. we live instead in a place where the very people who are claiming to be doing the magic and the whip service to this circle of life are instead trying to make it a closed circle a closed circuit mm-hmm. where nothing can escape that the, energy the cir- circuit of life yeah closed close circuit of life yeah yeah well put yeah yeah, there's that uh, point in the in the Lion King. It's actually in between the vocals, even in the thing. He's like, you know, telling him, you know, that uh, he, the kid just doesn't. Under, he's trying to understand how you can't. You're king, so you can just take what you want, right? As far as land goes or whatever. He's like, everything the sun touches is ours. And he's like, well, you know what? And he's and that's right before he explains to him the circle of life, you know. And he's like, no, explaining that a king has certain, he doesn't have absolute power. And so a statement on, like, absolute power corrupts is kind of what they're showing you there, you know. Uh, but you have some relative power. You know, uh, I've heard, I don't know the, the truth of it, and I remember just years and years and years ago, somebody talking about how uh, George Washington didn't want to be president. George Washington wanted to be king, you know. And uh, he had to compromise because they're like, oh, and he's like, what the fuck is a president? You know, I can't I just, you know. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess I can I can see how uh, uh, that that desire for absolute power. You know, there's few, there's certain things that come with that. If you if you had absolute power, you could never be wrong. And so I have a copy of Mein Kampf from the 30s, you know, and just to look through it, kind of make parallels and see certain things. And one of the things that I that caught my attention was this point where he's talking about that a dictator can never, ever admit being wrong ever about even the smallest thing. Uh, he has to maintain uh even if it's even if it's so obvious, it kind of reminds me of like um, uh, Bruce um, Lenny Bruce talking about um, like if you get caught cheating, he's like, I don't care if she has pictures. You just deny. You keep denying. You keep denying because if somebody wants to believe something about you, they'll put anything aside as long as you just maintain that you're you know. Um, and that will work with a certain percentage of people who are the know, same, susceptible yeah. to that type right. of hypnosis. Isn't, isn't the same sort of true for like as the Trump strategy of just keep saying this is what's happening, not even for your own defense, but against someone else, right? Of like they're coming for your guns or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, you yeah, know whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
whatever whatever you want to sentence you want to sort of repeat as a mantra it's that same idea of if you want to believe it you'll believe it it doesn't right. have to be, uh... yeah uh huh. are you, you know... able to see i just sent you a picture uh through facebook messenger because it was on my phone i'm sorry oh, okay. i forgot, oh, I forgot sorry. a good yeah. way to send it to you Whatever. Yeah. and i took this picture in a museum I was in an African art exhibition, and I found the this cy- cycle of life. And which cycle. is immediately when I look at it, I see the um, that uh, old. I don't know if it was actually old enough to be on parchment or what was going on, but that uh, the cycle of the king. Yeah, uh, the road to Fortune. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, that's that's literally what I see. Yeah, the four stage because I was like, you know, but it, it it flows with, you know, Joseph Campbell's uh, hero's journey and blah blah blah. But even that, it all comes back down to that Rota Fortune. It's the exact same idea. Um, this is a, the the African version of it. It's exactly the same. Represented as four cardinal points. It is a cycle of the sun. They're literally equating it to like, oh, at midnight, you're. This is. Um, midnight existence in the other world, eventual rebirth, you know, um, and basically this this four stage associated with moon, associated with this uh, cycle. I don't know. I, I we've been talking about circle of life and all mm-hmm. these sorts of things, and I forgot that I had this picture that this is a, an area that I want to kind of go down of <clears throat> learn more about. And just so for anyone listening, I, I don't know how to share this, but to say um, it is the Congo Dikenga, D-I-K-E-N-G-A, D-I-K-E-N-G-A. And, and Congo is with a K, special sure. K. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this idea is definitely uh, one that hasn't let go. Um you you didn't uh, probably be, you weren't able to find that uh, film that I was recommending to you. The Guava Island. Yeah, I did find it. I haven't watched it yet, but I did find it. It is on Amazon Prime. Uh, I have access to it. Okay, so the thing is, is that he does the "This Is America" bit in that in that film, and before he does it, he has this whole explanation of how America. Is he's talking about America as a concept, and he's like, America is anywhere where uh, you have the. He's he's speaking to o- oppression and user using people for labor, for you know uh, just uh, the injustice of that or whatever. And so it was just it was really bizarre because there's a, a ritual aspect to his death in that movie. It's very short. It's like forty something minutes or something. Uh, and Rayana's in it, but she doesn't sing, which is interesting. Uh, but it's got musical components or whatever. But it's it's that I put that sync together with the This Is America and the way that the gunshot that you saw. So you saw that. You notice how that point where it clicks oh, over and the gunshot happens? I didn't set it up that way, like in concordance with that. It landed that way because I set it up with the third... Um, uh, burst over when they're showing you the Disney intro and there's three big fireworks that go, the first three big fireworks. I did it on the third firework. So it would be the equivalent of the roar of the lion. Mm-hmm. So like that was where I set it up to be on that second. 
And that's what made it so the gun sh- first gunshot that happens in the song aligns to when the rhino lifts his head. Yeah, you know, it's the first that. animal to like lift its head. Like, what? What's happening? And so, like, I did that, and then I was just tripping out. I was like, "This is America," but I'm looking at a rendition of Africa. And then, like, I go and I watch this Donald Glover movie where he, when he does the song "This Is America," he has this whole explanation of like America is anywhere where this is going on. And I'm like, whoa. Basically, it's Babylon. Yeah. Because that's the idea of Babylon. Sure. Yeah. Which you would uh, say but, later but, on, you... like, if you're looking at something from 2,000 years ago, they just say Rome. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, like, even in, in the in the mm-hmm. Zohar prediction, it says this event happens in Rome. Mm-hmm. And so, but the argument is, is that there's lots of cases in those texts where when they're relating to Rome, Rome is everywhere else. They got you know, uh, the occupation in Judea and then everything, you know, this is because it's also very relatable, actually, to the Jungle Book, Uh, actually, not just the Jungle Book, but uh, all the Mowgli tales. You know, in all the Mowgli tales, when they talk about how fear came into the jungle, when uh, Richard Kipling's talking about how there didn't used to be fear and it has to do with the, the how the tiger got his stripes. Are you familiar with this? It's been years. I, I, I read that in 2011 would have been the last time I read it. I probably read it around 2012 or t- 2013, maybe. But uh, yeah, uh, somebody gave me a copy when I was in uh, the Arizona desert and they dropped it on me. But um, it's uh, let me see if I can if I if I retain it. Basically, the tiger sees the, sees the man. The man. One man shows up and he he kills the man. And he doesn't realize that there's more because he's only seen this one man. So he kills the man and it's, it's in shame for the murder or whatever. He rolls around in the mud and I, I believe the stripes get tattooed on him. So he basically gets permanently tattooed with, with stripes as a reminder of when he, he brought um, fear into the, into the jungle. And uh, But the point is, is that in, in uh, Judea 2,000 years ago during the Hundred Year War they had these Romans showing up and first a few and then more and then more. And, but they didn't, they didn't know Rome. They'd never seen Rome. They never seen pictures or paintings of Rome. They're not realizing that like, okay, there's these people here is how many more, (laughs) you know, they're, they're not relating to it. Like they have no conception of what all these people coming here, what they're actually from, you know, and how, how powerful that actually is. And so it's a war where they don't actually realize what they're up against. And so there's an illusion element to that. And so basically what the, peop- what the people living in Judea faced was a very similar thing to the tiger in all the Mowgli stories. Where when he, when he uh, kill, kill, d- does the killing and then realizes, oh shit, this isn't, you know, <laughs> this, is, this is a bigger thing than I, than I realized I was up against, you know. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. The the knight running away from the rabbit is, because <laughs> <laughs> but that's a clever way to put it that the rabbit is actually deadly. That's so fucking clever because you're like oh the the showing the cowardice of the knight. Oh he's gonna run away from a little rabbit. But what if the little rabbit is a fucking crazy killer and you just don't understand the rabbit? Who who's the bigger who's the who would be the coward? It's like a. Who's who's more foolish, the fool or the fool that follows him? You know, as Obi Wan would say. Yeah, absolutely. 
there's um Okay, there's no rabbit. There's no rabbit in any of these sort of um, Indian or African tales that's obvious to me. Um, oh, I noticed. Okay, you mentioned the whole the, how the tiger got his stripes. Someone just posted something in the kitchen sink, and I, you know, I didn't have the time to click on it. And I, this is another thing that I had researched because I remember writing a blog post about this in probably also 2011, um, that the Chinese character for King is related to the shape, the common shape on a tiger's forehead. So it basically looks like an two E's back to back. Like you can picture it like a capital E, mm-hmm. right? And just put two of them back to back. So... You know, oh, an I capital I with a line through it, right? How about that? A capital I with a line through the middle. You know, I was meaning to, I've been meaning to look up uh, in the Golden Bough more of the parts about China because it's a it's a repeated, uh, you know, it's a repeated thing throughout. He's looking at Africa. He's looking at all kinds of places, uh, but uh, he he does have a, a number of sections in there relating to. How the uh, Chinese emperor, what what their systems were, and that that's the most interesting thing about that book for me is that you're looking at places that are sometimes far farther apart from each other, exuding the same principle um, goings on. Uh, yeah. You don't you don't probably do you do do you know do you remember any of the Chinese parts of the Golden Bough? Not not off the top of my head, no. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that'll be a homework assignment, I guess. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I have been thinking about um, so with all these like the tiger symbol, tiger, tiger, tiger. I've wondered if that uh, if there's some element that involves India. So it's funny you mentioning the Mowgli tales. Um, I saw a tiger in India. Cool. Okay. And then when I was I go I go across the street from the orphanage. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah, no, I I, I came across a tiger. It was uh, pretty far away, but not far enough for comfort. And I did what you're not supposed to do. I took a couple steps backwards while still looking at it, and then I fucking just ran. And I guess when you run, you can come across as prey or whatever. But I didn't look back, and I'm still here to talk about it. So, you know. Uh, but you know, if a tiger's well fed, he's probably not going to come at you. Uh, you know, if he's, it's just a really hungry tiger that will do that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I did have an experience with a tiger at one point. But anyway, go on. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I just want to say, like, you know, like symbolically, when you think of like, when you think of what the tiger represents on a geopolitical sort of level, um, India is always thought of as the tiger. Mm-hmm. So um, I just want, you know, that's something I've wondered is like, what what comes out of this? Um, and unfortunately, like, from what I can tell about what's happening in India, it's pretty, it's ugly in the sense of like a uh, coronavirus crackdown. I don't understand how they can possibly do any of this because my experience of India was just, uh, I, I had no, I, like, I, I thought of like homelessness in America as a problem. And then I saw India and I was like, oh my God, there's just homeless everywhere, everywhere. 
you know, and they'll the, if they'll pull at your clothes if you're white, you know. And a lot of times, if I would go to go under this across the street, you have to go under the street, so it almost feels like a mini type of subway. It's like super dark down there, and then there'll just be all these people with leprosy. And if they see you and you're white, they'll just pull your clothes. And I didn't know how to handle that the first time that it happened, you know. And I went and I told Baba Hari Das about it, and he he wrote on his board. He was like, "What you do is you toss change if you have rupees." You keep rupees in your pocket. And he was like, because if you hand somebody money, they all come swarming. And so it's it's a weird catch-22 because it, it feels kind of strange to throw money on the ground. It's like totally doesn't, it, it doesn't feel very congruent. But at the same time, there's really no other way to deal with that. You got to like, you know, get them busy with something, you know, so you, and it's, you're at least you're giving them money, I guess. But uh, it's really intense. So I guess my when I found out that they were doing like I'm like, how are they supposed to fucking shelter in place? They got the biggest fucking homeless problem in the world. I'm like, what is Delhi doing about? I don't even know how you'd manage that at all. You know, people are already starving. Yeah. Well, so I mean, the only thing that I've seen was that they um, they implemented a crackdown on like such short notice. Um, and we're like fairly like, instead of being like, all right, well, we're going to put these, you know, it's like 3 PM today, <laughs> you know, and it's like, everyone's like, uh, you can't just shut down a country in like a few hours, you know, right. we're still out and that like the police were being very violent and being, oh yeah, they're whacking people. I saw it. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So, um, again, I mean, so it's just something I'm sort of keeping an eye on, uh, as far as, the tiger symbolism goes again. Um, wasn't it? Wasn't it Shere Khan that was uh, was was he? He wasn't also after man's uh, red flower. That was the monkeys, right? Hmm. Yeah. So, he, uh, in the in the film, Shere Khan gets the lightning tied to his tail. And it's like yeah, the lightning strikes. Right. Like, Shukran is afraid of fire. Right. He's afraid of fire. In the book, in the book, it was like a lightning. Lightning strikes the ground. This is interesting. A lightning strike. Right. I remember there's a lightning strikes the ground, and like some like some of the grass catches on fire or something. Yeah. Huh. God, I'd have to uh, again. So I, yeah, I read I read all that in 2011 when I was um, writing a, a book of the Happy Creatures. I read every like fable-y type thing. Like I revisited everything like that that I could think of. There's two things that you should look at. One of them you may have already, but one of them is um, Samson, the story of Samson, and when he finds the bees inside of the lion. And it's a whole okay. thing around kosherness or whatever. And he eats the honey from inside of the lion carcass. Interesting. Okay. And then um, the other thing is actually the uh, the the epic of Hercules is that uh, there's an Alice Bailey book on it where she goes into all the symbolism surrounding the 12 trials of Hercules. So the one that relates to Leo, I'd have to look it up again, but he tricks the lion with a, a cave something about he comes in one side and comes out the other side and back around or something. I'd have to look it up again. 
but I read that many, many years when I was a teenager, uh, the uh, Alice Bailey interpretation of, of the, the story of Hercules. But, uh, and, but the point is, and I think she makes the point is that her Hercules then is intimately tied to Samson. And what does Samson do in the temple? But he pushes the two pillars, gets between the two pillars, uses his strength to push the two pillars apart to bring down the temple. And that is uh, uh, the Old Testament uh, tie-in uh, to the um, to the sacking of Jerusalem, which would happen later. We, you know, I mean, you have multiple temples, but you know what I'm saying. There's all these reoccurring archetypes, just like with Moses getting sent down the river because Herod is um, killing all the the firstborn. You know, am I saying Herod? No, Herod's the New Testament. Excuse me. Uh, but that Jesus is, they're killing the firstborn. And then, you know, um, the sto- uh, and then that's why they had to flee. Um, Precisely, yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's interesting. You mentioned um, Monty Python's Holy Grail. That's Arthur, right? Right. And um, in, uh, so this is specifically in uh, Mort to Arthur is where this is introduced. There's an, they're trying to, um, basically, they're, they're trying to make King Arthur a Christ symbol, right? So, he, right, you know, he's got the, the, round, the 12 knights of the round table and, you know, all these sorts of things. And the, 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 the symbolism is just, like, really on point for it to be a, a Christ figure. Well, they go a step further and make it Old Testament by saying that, Arthur is told that his son is destined to kill him. Mm. Or, or sorry, the, ch- uh, ch- the child born on May 1st. So you wanted to talk about May 1st. Mm-hmm. Child born on May 1st was destined to kill him. So he has every child in the kingdom born on May 1st thrown into the ocean. Or you know, killed him in some way. Sure, sure. So it's basically it is that Passover. What you're referring to this this Old Testament sort kill, of idea kill, kill, of, the the, the, the firstborn. Yeah, um, but like this like in, infant side, uh, because of we're concerned about who this magical baby is, uh, what they're gonna do in the future, and that's and that's also a really common uh, Greek motif where. Um, Kronos. Kronos does it to Zeus. Zeus does it. Um, so right, Kronos eats all the children, um, and then Zeus is the one to sort of burst out of him. But then it happens again with Zeus, where Zeus. Uh, this is more done in the Roman version with Minerva than Athena, but um, or more emphasized. But basically. Uh, what do you mean? What do you mean? Zeus has burst out of him. You you mean she hid she hid Zeus and fed him a stone, so he ate a stone instead of the child. There's a, there's another version. Hold oh on. yeah, that's probably. I mean, there's a well, bunch okay, of versions yeah. of all of those uh, mythologies. Uh, basically, it's the same story as told twice. So what happens is you're right. So there's the, there's a version where she gives right. She feeds him a rock and keeps the baby safe. Right. But. 
no, there's definitely a version. I gotta, I'm gonna find it because there's definitely a version where Zeus is gets essentially swallowed by Kronos and comes out of him. Because then there's it happens again with Zeus where he uh, ends up eating Athena, and it's the same thing. He's told she there's born out of his head or something, and she bursts out of his head. Yeah, and right. I feel like Zeus does a thing where he. Wait, no, no, no. God, sorry, I shouldn't have smoked weed. Um, I know, I've been having that with this conversation, too. I was like, I, like, fuck, fuck, fuck. I was smoking a bunch point. of weed. Right. I think, I think, I'm, I think, I'm think I'm just gonna... Zeus gets replaced by a rock, but it's Kronos. It's Kronos who gets eaten. Kronos himself, again, it's sort of the same thing, gets repeated over. Uh, his, who's, his father is um, Uranus. So it's like Gaia and Uranus are the original parents. Kronos comes out of is the so it's like Uranus's dad, then uh, Kronos is as son, then Kronos is dad with Zeus as son, then Zeus is dad with Athena as daughter. And it's the same thing done multiple times. There's like oh they're all iterations of each other, the same you know these these same stories. You know, there was a there was a, a Kabbalistic kind of like central uh, uh, allegory that gets that got repeatedly referenced um, throughout the Zohar that had come across about this. It's a it's a snake on top of a mountain, and there's an archer who keeps trying to shoot the snake from a distance because he doesn't want to go near the snake, but he keeps trying to kill it. And the snake, I guess they say it's it's Samael, which would be eventually the beast. So we have our, you know, our, our strength, right? What Chesed and Gavora, right? And so you have the placement of this, of the substitute that's been put in place. It'd be like the, like, I like that version with the stone because I can relate to like the stone that the builders rejected. Now here's the false stone in its place, you know, and that, but it's relating this whole idea of like having to kill the snake. But what's weird is that the snake is actually equated with the liver. And okay. you know in the crucifixion on the Mount of Skull, Skull Mount or whatever, Cranium Golgotha. Hill. What's that? Golgotha? Yeah, Golgotha, thank you. And uh, Jesus gets stabbed, or gets pierced. By this, what was called, what would be called the spear of destiny, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, in, yeah. in the liver. Correct. Now the Hebrew for serpent is nechesh. The yeah. the Hebrew word Messiah. Messiah. Uh, it, they they share the same gematria as three five eight, which are also Fibonacci numbers, right? But uh, uh, and then also that that gets into currency. Because the original uh, dollar, where we get the word dollar. Are you eating chips or something? Uh, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm, where we, where we get the word dollar. <laughs> where we get the word dollar. Okay. Yeah. So, you, all right, man. I'm, with, I'm right here with you on this. Before I hit this before I hit this and lose my train of thought, let me say this. So, did you see that literally this month there was a fucking, like, I think it was Forbes.com or Financial Times. I'm sure I have a screenshot on my phone. Dude. 
they've proposed, and I'm sure you've seen that there's been this thing, this reoccurring thing in the last month or so of like, hey, you know, we really fucked up the economy because of the coronavirus. We might need a digital dollar. Oh, sure. Of course. Yeah. Right? You know, digital okay. currency, all this sort of stuff, right? So you mm-hmm. keep seeing that agenda. Mm-hmm. My man, did you see that there is a thing? It's called the e dollar. Okay. And was being floated as the um, I'm gonna find it. I'm sure that I have a screenshot of it because I was they spelled it to... the same way that yeah, they did before uh, it was dollar in the German yeah, version. Yeah, already found, already found Forbes.com trillion dollar stimulus jumpstarts project to issue central uh, central bank currency on Ethereum. And it says digital dollars exploded into mainstream headlines earlier this week as the U.S. House of Representatives scrambled to craft a draft bill that would authorize trillions of dollars in payments to consumer states, businesses, vulnerable populations during the COVID-19 emergency. It introduced the digital dollar concept that could potentially let the Federal Reserve, responsible for printing U.S. dollars, send stimulus money directly to individuals. Um, and then this is um, the next screenshot. I think I'm pretty sure there's a few paragraphs down. It says, a previously scheduled meeting at blockchain blockchain consortium Hyperledger about a new project called Ethaler. So lowercase e, capital T, H-A-L-E-R, right? Using wow. the Ethereum blockchain to create a central bank digital currency took on new meaning and urgency. Mm-hmm. So they're saying... This is, again, it's like the, the drills already happening. It says, a previously scheduled meeting took on new meaning and Whoa. urgency. Oh, yeah, yeah. The drill turned out to be the actual event. Who would have thought? Until the bill, sponsored by California Congresswoman and Chair of the House Financial Services Committee, Maxine Waters, mentioned the use of digital dollars, their benefits were largely theoretical. Now, this is from the, this is from the same thing. It was this. Their benefits were largely theoretical. Now, all of a sudden, there was a very clear use. And then it says, first conceived earlier this year, Ethaler gets its name from the Thaler, a silver coin used throughout Europe for hundreds of years from which the word dollar oh is... Oh, my God. <laughs> so, um... Now, let's see. Oh, okay. Now, check this out. Here, this, I did a little more research. I did a little more research. Um, so, uh, you and I have discussed the... There's a specific version of that coin that has the uh, the serpent on the cross, the, the, the Nehesh. Um, when we say a version of the coin, I looked into this. I did my fucking research years ago when I was working on my blog before I think I even maybe met you. Uh, I was going fucking crazy over that shit because that's the original dollar, as a matter of fact. Sure, yes, but 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 just just to again just to be clear of our information, the thaler had was was a name used for um, multiple coins. So the mm-hmm. same way that we get dollar from that, that yeah. word was also used to describe other things. And the coin that you and I have discussed many times, where it has. On um, literally Jesus, on one Jesus side, on the cross Jesus on, on one, one side. side, and the uh, numbers twenty-one serpent yes. on the other. Well, that actually, is not it the says the NU twenty-one on the Jesus side. But anyway, yes. go ahead. That is not the original coin. That is not the original coin. Oh, and uh, I literally have a screenshot of this because I was going to make a whole post about it. It says here's um, the name Thaler was used an abri- as an abbreviation of. Yakim Thaler. 
J-O-A, I, I wish I could see your face while I say this out loud. J-O-A-C-H-I-M-S-T-H-A-L. So it's kind of like Yakin and Boaz, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it says, sorry, this was an abbreviation of Jakimsthaler, a coin type. Oh, sorry, I, I think I read you the wrong spelling. J-O-A-C-H-I-M-S-T-H-A-L-E-R. Yes, Jakimsthaler. A coin type from the town of Jakimsthal, which is what I think I actually spelled out to you, in the kingdom of Bohemia, now the Czech Republic, where there were silver mines and the first such coins were minted in 1518. Now, here's what I'm saying. The original Bohemian Thaler carried a lion from the coat of arms of the kingdom of Bohemia on its reverse side. So it was originally a lion, then it becomes Jesus Serpent. <gasps> Oh, fuck. Yeah. Tet. That's fucking crazy that's fucking a, uh, significant sigil magic in your fucking face. The lion serpent, they're going to connect the two. The fucking, the, the, the lion part is, the, is attaching to the fucking serpent part. Oh, because the two houses. Cause that's the that's the house the the house of David. I'm not trying to just name drop myself here. No, 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 yeah, yeah. But that's the thing with so the Lion of Zion or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Talk to me. What do you mean by attaching the two? Are you picturing like a? It's a lion like serpent. Iron? You seen the the it, for Tet the uh, the uh, the actual roots of of where Tet came from is a lion serpent. No, I did not know that. So you're choking like, um, oh god! Not I'm a, telling a, you that the fucking the, that the pathway between Chesed and Gavora that I'm always going off about strength or lust in Crowley's deck, the pictograph from which that comes from denotes actually a lion serpent, and that there's talismans that you can find of the lion and the serpent together that are related directly to Tet. Well, that's uh, that's the common symbol of uh, demiurge, isn't it? Yes. That's where that came from, though. All right, so tell t- tell me. I don't obviously I don't know. So give me the. Why is this not fucking working? It's yeah. It's just why. Oh, you're trying to look something up on. This. Oh, oh, I see what's happening. My microphone was weaning on my keyboard. Okay. Please explain. Yeah, please talk to me. Give me give me what you know about it. So, I mean, basically, I just said it, but it it's there's a okay. It's a it's pretty complex, but there's a section. That I have to find in, in my um, tr- uh, translations uh, from the Zohar. It's I, it's not in the section that relates to the Tisha B'Av for the world or whatever. But it. Uh, oh, actually, maybe it is. I stand reflected. I think I'm I'm contradicting my own knowledge. Uh, basically, it's talking about if you, it's where it says if you want to know the significance of this pathway that connects Chesed and Gavora. This was a huge, like, revelatory thing with me and Baruch because you know Baruch doesn't doesn't he 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 doesn't care for the um, European occultism. That's not his area. He's a very very much a traditional Kabbalist, and uh, those correspondences uh, that they uh, when they're applying it to the tree uh, for he ch- changed this. This was an adjustment that he had to do because of his because of Ramak who we've follows, you know, and under, uh, you know, has his relationship to what he's relaying. But he says 
that this pathway corresponds to Tet. And I'm like telling him, I'm like, dude, that pathway corresponding to Tet is the Golden Dawn system, not the Aries or anything before that we know of. And so I'm like, what the hell is up with that? And so he says, if you want to know the the significance of this pathway, add up to 12 diagonals. So, and it, and all will be revealed or whatever. This is in commentary. And so I go on, I, I say, well, if this is Tet, then I might as well use the Golden Dawn system to add up the gematria of the 12 diagonal pathways. Because the Klippo ruled the, the Kabbalistic tree through the 12 diagonals via from Gavora. So they enter through Gavora and they, they take over, relatively take over, to maintain the tension of how the, the Shekhinah gets pushed to the bottom and then the replacement gets put in its place at that place, at that position. And so that's the that's the substitute thing. That's why you have the beast and the and the scarlet woman there in Crowley's deck, and you have the maiden holding the mouth of the lion. And don't forget he has a serpent tail in Crowley's deck. The lion has a serpent tail. And because Tet means serpent, you know, and so you have the serpent connected with the lion there and connecting to the old pictograph and the old t- the talismans connected with that. But uh, it says to add up the 12 diagonals. So you've heard this before, but I'll tell you again, because it's the, one of the most profound things I've ever discovered. Um, so I go and I take his advice, but I use the Golden Dawn system and I add them up and I get eight, eight, five. Uh, what was it? Um, I want to say eight, eight, five, eight. Fuck. I have to, I can't think right now. Uh, point is it's, th- it's three off and means nothing. So I'm like going to look up what's the gematria of this eight six eight, but it's eight six five, and so I'm like eight six five twelve diagonals. Okay, not seeing anything. And then I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh, Gavor- uh, uh, Gimel. So so Gimel is a vertical line and is the only pathway in the lightning flash that doesn't connect to where it's supposed to. And so you're and these are dimensions, so it's significant. So I'm like, well, okay, what happens if you add the gimel as though it were a diagonal? Because in the lightning flash, they're pretending it's a diagonal. So I'm like, well, what if I pretended it was a diagonal here? Because it's telling you you to add up the diagonals, the 12 diagonals. And so I'm like, okay, well, what if it was a diagonal? And that's how I got 868. Only one word in all of Hebrew, um, in, you know, ancient Hebrew, uh, translates to uh, 868. You have a few other words, but they're only if you include the values of finals. So you're kind of cheating in a way because it's final letters. They have diff- they attribute different values. So the only word that's straightforward equals 868. It's um, Nativot. And Nativot uh, is the name of the 22 mystical pathways of the Kabbalistic tree. And it's the it's from the very first line of the Sefer Yetzirah that it drops Nativot relating to the mystical pathways. It's the first fucking line. And so I'm like, what are the chances that it tells you if you add up the 12 diagonals, you know, you'll understand the significance of this pathway between Chesed and Gavora? Because that's a, that's a horizontal line. So it's saying to add the, the diagonals to get the meaning of the, of the horizontal. And so basically uh, it, what the, the whole communication is, is what happens when there's a shift in the horizontal dimension that the vertical dimension, the spiritual dimension, which is just a more etheric side of the emanation 
it gets affected in the process and it's, it's primary. So it's the raising of Shakina to her rightful place where that placeholder exists. And so that placeholder is, yes, attributed to a lion and a serpent as one thing. And so for them to then go from the coin that pictured Jesus on the cross on one side with the serpent on the pole from, that Moses put there to heal the Israelites that got uh, poisoned from serpents coming down from on high. They're getting, you know, all these, all these poisonous serpents, and then they got the healing serpent. And so the reason they did that, because Nehesh and Messiah have the same gematria, and then they're relating to, you know, the, 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 so I think the idea, or at least the intention when they did those coins was that we're make, that yes, currency can be a poisonous serpent, but we're going to have the healing, that's going to be the healing serpent, because we're coming at it with the right intention or some shit, you know. But, uh, yeah, man, for them to then connect that with the lion coin for the a, for the digital versus physical because we've moved from gold to paper to digital what is that that's going from the densest to the most etheric yeah yeah so it's working its way in fascinating you're blowing my mind with that they even fucking made it as explicit as they possibly could So that was the thing is that the Gimel is the G. And so Gimel is where we get the English for camel. So well, the other language is camel. But uh, it's because Gimel, camel, they, it's their C. So you have Aleph, Bait, Dalit, Gimel. So the, the thing is a little mixed up, but actually we're mixed up. It's not mixed up. But um, yeah, there, so you have the Masonic G has the square and the compass. And so the compass becomes... Um, you know, Keter, Chochma, and Bina, and the the square is Gavora, um, uh, Teferet, Chesed, and so it's the lower worlds meeting with the upper worlds. With the G in the center is that vertical line of Gimel, which, if you treat it as a horizontal, gives you the value of the of all the pathways. If you add the twelve diagonals to it, so you're taking the Klepo, and then you're saying if when you bring in this beam or this line that connects the emanated flow from above, it, it it's a direct line to the mind of God and from the mind of humanity, meaning there's no need for a mediator of any sort. You don't need anything between you and that. And so that explains the significance of that pathway being the substitute is that by necessity, we have... By the nature of the secondary order, of the sustaining order of the empire, in order for it to maintain uh, its place as a placeholder, it has to basically uh, express itself through this fundamental lie that has to do with our own connection to our own uh, divinity. Can I uh, share with you something I found sort of looked uh, i was just typing like different lion serpent um symbolism to, to sort of like <laughs> see see what was spurning what yeah and there is an aesop's fable called uh the lion and the snake mm. 
and it says, um, A lordly lion who was seeking for his prey by chance saw a snake basking in the sun. When being rather sharp set by hunger and disappointed in his object, he, with a haughty air, spurned the groveling reptile with his paw as not being agreeable to say. All right, basically, he, he doesn't fucking, he doesn't want to eat the snake. But here's the thing. But the enraged snake turned on him and giving him a mortal sting, thus addressed the expiring <coughs> hero of the forest. Quote, die imperious tyrant and let thy example show that no strength or power is sufficient at all times to screen a despot from destruction, but that even reptiles, when provoked, may be the cause of his annihilation. <laughs> so again, the sort of the... the oh, that's perfect, dude. That's poignant. You should throw that on your timeline. <laughs> it's so funny. I don't, mean your, I don't mean your Facebook timeline. I mean the timeline that I was reading for your Suicide Kings. Yeah, yeah. Which is really cool, by the way, that you did that. I like that. You bas- you basically made a blog post about just taking your most essential points in that thesis and put them on the website. That's smart. <laughs> yeah, and then, well, then it just was just a way for me to just then keep updating it. So yeah. like, it was like, oh, then today this happened. Then today this happened. Today this happened. And it's like, I feel like it starts to build to a point where it's like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah, right. Right now, uh, or just moments ago, when I was talking about the um, Nehesh and Messiah and the serpent coin and all you know, all that stuff, I'm visualizing my blog post from years ago because, and it's it's helpful to lay out those things because then they become not just a a record, but also even just for me to visualize the this connects to this connects to this. I'm actually, you know, I'm uh, yeah. Yeah, and even just like recently, someone, um, Nick Ulbrich hit me up and he was like, something, he's like, oh, I watched your Tiger video and I thought he was talking about the more the fairly recent video. I released a video right. a month ago. Yeah, right? the good thing he's talking about the lion video. No, he's talking about the tiger video. The next thing you're going to do is another bear video. Right. It's just like, well, okay, here's this. Uh, I didn't realize one year ago we're talking about the same fucking thing. And it's like, Having these sorts of records that you can look back on are really, really effective um, at showing the sort of in-your-face, sickable nature of this stuff. Um, but okay, so here's a question for you. Um, what are your thoughts of like, does that, knowing that a year ago I'm tracing the Lion and Tiger and then a year later, it's it's so prevalent, is this... Um, Basically, when I said the whole Thaler thing, you said they are doing it, and I'm not. I'm asking, not asking you to sort of go out on a, you know, put all your eggs in one basket. But I'm just curious, where do you land as far as like how much of that is synchronicity, how much of that is um, intentional of like the 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 reoccurring symbolism is this is this cyclical because that is the architecture of our reality uh or do you both. Feel like it's both no. i'm so like at this point it's like when i talk about like the the what and the why you know i'm fixated on the what just tell me fucking what it is mm-hmm. and i'll just keep following that chain where it takes me um i try and refrain from the from establishing, you know, 
but it's it's there in the midst. So it's basically like it's an interplay. It's just like the Zohar explains the event. They're like, okay, so you know, there's a there's a shift happening. There's a transformation that's taking place in consciousness. There's a transformation that's taking place in terms of a, the, a great cycle. That's a natural cycle that belongs to the primary order of the of the emanated flow, the Sephirot. But then there's the other the replication order that we're that we're projecting on top of that. That uh, secondary order isn't going to affect the primary order, but that primary order will affect the secondary order. And so the best that you can do is is direct the um, direct the flow as you will, but the thing is going to flow no matter what. So it's basically like you have an event that's enshrouding a more primary event. The more primary event is is a, a people are aware of it on one side of themselves anyway, but they can't reconcile it, and so they're, either it leaves them vulnerable to be redirected in terms of the the manifold projection so that so then they're relating to their projection in certain ways in the midst of this other transformation which is inevitable so when you're looking at something like this with the currency it's like you know well you can go through time and you're like well they it was in my fucking sync book chapter talking about the wizard of oz with the yellow brick road leading to the emerald city where people are literally so desperate coming out of the great depression that they're going to trade their gold for paper and so my my so there's the argument that that's some kind of programming which would imply if you were to follow it through that L Frank Baum prior to the depression was was hip to this you know uh to to this movement that was taking place on some level who knows to what degree or whatever but there's Masonic symbolism there. There's all these other things. And you get into... Sure. You get but, into the Lucis Trust, um, uh, being the initiator of the Occupy movement. Because the first website that ever went up for Occupy was traced to their address, as a matter of fact. And so, you know, and that's an offshoot of the Theosophical Society, of which L. Frank Baum was a member. And there's all these kinds of things. So they, so, waited, they waited 100 years to... You there? I'm not hearing you. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Did I lose you? Oh no, yes. I, I hear you now. Cool. Okay, I they waited. Say, I heard. I, I, they waited a hundred years. That was the last thing I heard. My point being, like, so the two big things that we got on them is like a hundred years apart. They're both, you know, the. I'm saying is even if we if we assume. There, it's intentional. It's not inherently nefarious. Certainly sure. occupy, um, and even so, all this stuff is like to say, hey, yeah, this is something they're concerned about. This, you know, injustice and imbalance of our financial system. Something that someone who so Baum, I don't take that as like predictive programming. I take that as a cautionary tale, a, a metaphor. I'm talking about Wizard of Oz. Um, right, but you got you see, like I'm not, I'm not saying this is what it is, mm-hmm. but at, when you approach it, you know it's like um, it's 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 red pill, but it's not the. It's like if you're looking at what will it, what would be a case for mass hypnosis, 
like when you're looking at the Wizard of Oz, you know, like the marching down the yellow brick road with the song and the whole thing. And at the time, in the context of the time, people going from black and white into color and all the enthusiasm. But you're talking about the movie. You're talking I'm talking about, about, I'm talking about the movie. I'm talking about the movie. Okay. But, I, but, but the, the problem with when you talk about the movie is like going from the yellow brick road to the Emerald City is the book. I mean, that's not changing. And also just the, all the factors. I feel like we Oz. had this conversation like seven years ago. Oh, so sure. there is a re- – to me, there is a really clear distinction between what happens in the book versus what happens in the movie. And if we're right, talking right. About Putting it on the goggles to see the Emerald City and all yeah. that. Yeah. So if we're talking about theosophy and L. Frank Baum, then we're talking about the book. Is we it Baum? Am I pronouncing it wrong for years? Yeah, Baum. Like, like a tree. Oh, Can okay. of Baum. Oh, I always say Baum. Maybe, but I don't know. Whatever. whatever who cares? Whatever. I, just, I like the means- idea of the symbolism of a bomb, but anyway. Right. And, right. and the idea that, dude, his name fucking means tree. We're talking about fucking uh, Oz and tree right. has a de- totally different meaning. You know what I mean? So, right. Fish in a tree? How can that be? Oh, fucking none. <laughs> so, but just to say that, you know, if we're talking, if we're trying to, you, you if we're, if we're trying to say what was the Theosophy Society's goal and blah, 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 and this mass, you right. can't. You can't put that the film onto Frank. No, you got to understand that the reason why part of the reason what in my triggering me to even bring this up in relationship to that in terms of the question. First of all, we're talking about currency and you're asking me a question when I say they and you're like, who are they? Sure. And it's like, well, fucking you read something that obviously was whoever they put that together that you read yeah. about the explanation of them even choosing to call it that, that's the day I'm talking about. I'm not I, I having to go into some deep state secret people that I, we don't even know about. You know, it's like, no, it's fucking whoever put that together. That's who I'm talking about, literally. Um, and then, but my, I guess my larger point was that both happen at the same time. And uh, the, the, the lines at which one ends and the other begins or whatever is, it tends to, as far as I'm concerned, from where I stand has to be a line in the sand. I don't need to know that. All I all I need to know is what it is. And I wanna, you just told me. Yeah. So yeah. I got that. I just want to be really, really clear as I wasn't trying to play a gotcha game when I said what who who's they or do you think this is intentional? I'm really not trying to play a gotcha. It's a question I ask myself every day. Right. It's right. to say literally, it's a question I ask myself every day. Is this intentional? Is this synchronicity? What is this? And I'm constantly trying to assess um my own opinion on it and just that's why i i want to be very clear it was not a like i want you said this so i'm it's not that right i'm I'm just like what do you think what do you think yeah i experience it constantly when i take when i go to to take i'm like this album and this film have a really seem to have a really strong resonance let me put them in into pinnacle and see how they land and the amount of times where it's like shit will be like the full length to the second on both both ends. And I'm just like, what? And I'm like, that's a what? Like, that's I do not have a why for that. I can right. I can speculate, but I don't fucking know. Um, I don't even know the degree to which something can be um, intended. But then still like the nature of magic that you can you could basically affect things with maybe even just slight shifts in the thing to make it, you know, after the fact to be like, well, what if we tweaked it over here to make it, you know, 
or whatever. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't know what's actually what would actually be involved in that. I do know that I, you know, I have one close friend who I used to live with, this English guy who was c- coming up really strong with a group called the Lawgivers back in the day and he kind of had a botched interview thing that happened where he got defensive during an interview and it and it was so many it was his big moment as so many people listening to it that it kind of ended his thing but he what he was taught to do and what he was doing with uh, the albums that they were producing they were taking old sci-fi films and in the editing program as they would make the music they were basically just using these videos as reference and to to uh, look at what, have a visual to correspond with what they were working on as they were working on the songs for the album, and so the first time you know when we when we he moved in uh, my last place or my place before that, you know he's he's I tell him what I do and he's just like oh well pff, yeah they do that, and I'm like what how, what and he's just absolutely certain he's like yeah I know that that goes on. And so, but that's the only example I've had firsthand. Every other time where I've actually gotten in contact with somebody who's got a, a genuine platform, you know, like, uh, you know, I, and if I, if I build a rapport with them through, you know, back and forth, and then as soon as I show a link to what I do, and no matter how well I qualify to look, if you don't want this up, I'll take it down immediately. You just say the word. I just really would love your feedback or anything that you might have to say about this. You know, I'm like, if this was my thing and I'd produce this, I would be so interested to see what this actually is, you know, and I share it. And every single time, that's the end. That's the end of all communication. I get ghosted after that. And that's happened about five times. Yeah. You know, and uh, but that that one, you know, he told he told me that he didn't give me any examples of other people. He just said, I know that that goes on because that's what we did. You know, so it's far out. Yeah, and it's that's just it. I mean, there's you know, we live in a time where there's like things are done, scripts are written to a formula, music is produced to a formula. There's no reason to assume why those formulas wouldn't have an overlap. Um, I just relate to it like like light and water. You know, that you have two different elements and you put them together and you can produce a rainbow. You know. Yeah, that's 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 poetic. That's beautiful. I mean, um, before I before I feel this train of thought, just I do want to just go rewind a second and say more, the thing about Wizard of Oz, the, the book that I do think is a really important distinction to make that if we're to get a sense of what is the propaganda, if you will, like what is the moral of that mm-hmm. story, mm-hmm. Um, they they very may make it very explicit that the the green the is the illusion is fake is is bullshit right they, right it's the pink floyd song green is the color yeah you know that like, song so green I is sure the color of her kind quickness mm-hmm. of the eye deceives the mind yeah oh yeah why was the light that shined through the dress that you wore so he's basically talking about the the veil the cover and then he's he's saying that she's she's greedy so the song's about greed, but it's just, you know, we, we know that jealousy is associated with green or whatever, because they come together, just like attachment leads to jealousy, you know. But I, I know I've said this to you before, I'm just, I'm just going to say this for a listener who might not know, who hasn't read Wizard of Oz book, is when the Emerald City 
is not green. Like in the movie, it's this whole thing of like, oh, they get there and everything's dazzling. In the book, they literally have green colored glasses that they lock onto their faces. They're they're unable to remove these goggles. Basically, like, it's putting them in a virtual reality. It's Supposedly, the there's a there's a copy of the book that actually an old copy that actually had glasses with it. Oh wow, that's so cool. So I've heard. But, I've never seen. Um, but to say basically, it's like the whole thing is is shown that the they're off to see the wizard, and the whole point is that the wizard is actually powerless. He's a fraud. Oh yeah. And he's trying to show them. Look at this beautiful green city I've made. And all he's done is he's made he's forced them to put these green glasses onto their head so they everything they see is green. They're like, wow, you really did it. You made a green city. Right. But, but literally the city's not green. It's all bullshit. And and I just want to say I think it's a really important distinction to make is that <coughs> he has there is there is a moral in that. And I don't I don't want to see that get con I, I I just I'd hate to see that get conflated. I mean, like, the, the moral of the movie is different than the moral of the book in many respects. Yeah. Um, and that's that's significant in the context of what I'm talking about, about before the Depression coming out of the press, Depression. The mm. Wizard of Oz bookends the Depression. Yeah. And so uh, what, are, what are some elements? Uh, Glenda, the good witch, the only explanation she can give for what, uh, you know, is what makes a good witch she's like only evil witches are ugly right, right, right that's the only explanation you get so we're assuming based on that that and so you have you know witch of the west shows up a fucking house just landed on her sister let's be clear a fucking house landed on, she's dead she's like my sister's dead and then it's like everyone's just happy and whatever like it's not a problem they have no empathy, zero fucking empathy, because they're the middle class, right? The people in Emerald City, they're the upper class. So you're like, you have soldiers there, you have all this thing, but it's done up in such a way that it's all like, oh, la di da di da And it's like, okay, what does Glenda tell her to do? She goes and tells her to follow the yellow brick road. Okay, so she sent her on a journey. She knows, you can see the implications, that the fucking, the wizard wants to use her, wants to use Dorothy to retrieve the broom. Why does he want the broom? Obviously, because the motherfucker has no real magic. Because he landed there like Dorothy. So he's going to get, so she's going to get used. And there's plenty of in, in, implication that the wizard himself, as though we're relating that he's the enemy, that he was being used. Who's to say that all was all his idea necessarily until he had the other movie come out? And they, if you're just looking at the movie on its own at face value, you know. And so I guess where I'm going with it is like, you know, she fucking kills the witch. She throws the water on her and she fucking melts. And what a world. And it's like, so you, you had one person murdered on supposedly on accident, right? And who knows if it was directed. That may have been a false flag in the first place. The house just of all the places it could land in Oz, it happens to land on her sister. Seems a little convenient, but okay, whatever. Uh, and then she goes and she murders the, the, the witch who's in touch with real magic. She can fucking make fireballs with her hand. There's every reason for the wizard to be fucking jealous of her. You know? and, uh, and I'll just add this is that from the book, there is a, a lot of evidence to support that sort of like the, I don't know, uh, political overthrow sort of motif is super important in the book. 
uh, and like explicit. So what do like they go around and they're like, oh, there's this giant spider, I think it is, that's like uh, owns the forest, is like ruling the forest. So they go there and the lion kills the fucking spider, and then the t- the the lion becomes king of the jungle or king of the forest or whatever. So he gets to be king of that area. Then they go and they kill the Wicked Witch and um, what's his face? Uh, the Tin Man, I think, takes over her kingdom. Okay, so Woodwick, they make a whole thing that he becomes the ruler of her kingdom after they kill her. And then the uh, straw man um, takes, uh, what's his straw man? Uh, what is his face? Uh, Scarecrow. Scarecrow. Yeah. Straw yeah. man, you get it. Uh, he's a straw man argument yeah he takes over Oz so it was like what do they all become kings of different territories so they go through and they in this it's it's the same story oh here comes the tiger uh, tiger here comes the lion I'm gonna kill this beast and now I am the ruler of this land oh we're gonna kill this witch now I'm the ruler of this everyone bows before Dorothy yeah and she's Dorothy She's the empress. So the high priestess is Glenda, but possibly the wicked witch, because mm. appearances can be fucking deceiving. And so you, but basically you have the cross. You have the cross that connects Hulkamadabina and the 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 of the horizontal, and then you have the vertical that connects Keter to Teferet. And so that cross is made up of the empress and the high priestess. And so you have this this uh, relationship between the two worlds. So Dorothy, as the door of Dalit, Dalit means door, she she comes through the fucking, the door to come into color. Uh, that's, you know, the, the point at which it switches to money if you start Dark Side of the Moon on the third roar. So the first cha-ching of money comes when she opens, when uh, the Empress, so to speak, opens the door. When color is introduced, when which color. is the same thing as like putting on the green glasses, right? The minute at which... You are put under the spell yes. as the viewer of the movie. Yeah. Oh, suddenly, look, we've added this color to this, and suddenly it's magic. That's literally the trick from the book, is I'm adding color <laughs> right? as my trick, as my illusion. That's right. crazy. Yeah, yeah. And if it's a reference to money... But I'm just saying, like, I didn't, I've never, I never thought of that before, that, like, literally, the how little that is, that the film, the filmmakers are literally perpetrating the wizard's trick 